it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, welcome in. Another episode of In Defense of the Big 12. He's Brad Kellner in Austin, Texas. I'm Tyler McComas in Norman, Oklahoma. And hey, sorry, my bad. We didn't get to you on Monday or Tuesday. That's because I have uh, just come out of hiding. That's right. At about 2.30 <laughs> on Saturday, I went to an ho- I just went down into a hole. I had no cell phone service. I did not contact Brad or read any of his uh, text messages over the weekend. So here I finally am. I have to come and face the music. So... I might just give you a timer here to start things off, like a two-minute timer where I don't even get to interject. And you can basically just crap talk OU for the next two minutes. It was embarrassing, I know, but my God, they can't block anybody. They can't mm-hmm. tackle anybody. Spencer Rattler throws three picks. I mean, jeez, where do you start, dude? Yeah, I think both of us might have been too embarrassed to do a show on Monday. Now, thankfully for my squad, south of the Red River, the Texas Longhorns were able to at least leave with a W, but – Man, they left a lot to be desired. They needed a miracle to get that win in Lubbock. So, uh, yeah, not a great weekend for the two supposed big dogs in the Big 12. They both struggled mightily. And I got to put you on blast, Tyler, as part of uh, as part of my poking fun at you for Oklahoma's result last weekend. I know you were at the game at Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium uh, in Norman. Yeah. I'm looking at a tweet right now. Oh, yeah. It's you it's from wherever you're sitting in the stands in Norman. And it's a picture of the field. And the tweet says, game starts at 11.05. It'll be over around noon. Can you tell me what you meant by over around noon? Because that game was pretty intense until about 2.30. Well, I thought that it would be about 21 to nothing right around noon. And I think it was 14 to nothing right around noon. So I was like, "Eh, okay, you know, I was pretty close on this one. But now I just come out looking like a total ass on this one. Everybody's been making fun of me all week long. Um, so, yeah, I, I wear that one. I legitimately thought that there was no way that they were going to lose that game, man. I mean, 28-point favorites, you know, whatever. I mean, they didn't make that line, but you're a 28-point favorite for a reason. They had a three-touchdown lead in two different times of that game. Yeah. But yeah. I just I, – I saw a team on Saturday that got in a tough spot and, dude – they didn't look like they wanted any of that moment. Spencer Rattler, I, he had some great moments in that game. He he really did outside of the three picks. But, I mean, there was for, – for, for a program that probably consistently has the best or some of the best offenses in all of college football, they didn't have a prayer of, like, getting a first down in the fourth quarter. 
God, yeah. that was shocking to see. It was bizarre to see. What do you think the biggest problem was for Oklahoma in that game? And do you think it's something that could linger throughout the course of the season? Or do you think all of their issues are uh, relatively correctable? They can't block anybody, dude. Yeah, that's it's, weird. It's pretty amazing how crap your offense can get if you can't block anybody. I mean, my God, all the holding penalties, um, the pass protection, I, it just all of it. And Bill Biedenboe and everybody around here will tell you he's the best offensive line coach in the country. I mean, he's he's pretty good, but I mean, he came out before the year and saying that he likes his depth and how great this O-line is and all that, and he never says anything like that. Even when they win like the Joe freaking Moore Award for the best offensive line in college football, he doesn't say stuff like that, right? So they come out and kind of get pushed around by Missouri State and then definitely get pushed around by Kansas State. Dude, Outside of everything else crazy that happened in that game, I don't understand why they can't block anybody. And now they get to go up against Jaquan Bailey in that Iowa State defensive line this week. Mm -hmm. That is pretty dadgum good. So can it be fixed? I just don't – like if you can't block, you can't block. So I don't know how realistically in six, seven days' time, all of a sudden you're just going to be that much better of an offensive line. I think they'll probably play better, I think, but it ain't going to be fixed. And this team is facing – adversity and now it's in its toughest portion of the schedule they get aims on saturday then they got to play texas and dallas after that so like yeah i don't I, like i don't think it'll happen okay i really don't think it'll happen but one and three is not totally impossible with this team right now come on man it's not totally impossible that would be the upset of all upsets if that ends up happening. Yeah, it's crazy to see. I mean, when you think Oklahoma, you think their offensive line is always going to get it done. They have gotten it done for the majority of the last, I don't know, decade and a half. They've been one of the best offensive lines in the country. And to see them just get pushed around like they did on Saturday. Look, K-State's got some good players on the defensive front. Wyatt Hubert, really, really talented kid, former walk-on, uh, turned out to be a really, really quality player, which – I feel like that happens in Manhattan all the time, right? Former walk-on turns out to be a stud on the defensive side of the football. They've got some pieces, but yeah, that is a big concern for Oklahoma. That was pretty crazy to see. And you mentioned it. I mean, they had a three-touchdown lead multiple times in that game. And look, I, we talked about it last week, right, previewing the game last Thursday. I didn't think Oklahoma was going to cover, but I thought for sure they'd win, and they'd win relatively comfortably, right? The four-touchdown line felt too much. But considering all that Kansas, all that Kansas State was without going into that game, right? I mean, even a fully healthy K-State team would be a two to three touchdown underdog against Oklahoma. But because of all of the injuries and COVID-related issues that they had, especially in their secondary, you just kind of assumed Oklahoma would be able to score at will on Saturday. And hell, the first half, it looked like they were going to be able to do that. And then things just fell apart. So Give K-State credit, man. I think you and I are both big Chris Kleiman fans. Yeah. Uh, I think he's done a hell of a job. He did a great job in year one, and he shocked the world, right, especially after how they looked against Arkansas State. Nobody gave them a chance in that game, but in two weeks' time, they were able to completely flip the script and turn things around with a shorthanded bunch to go into Norman and beat OU for the second straight year. Pretty damn remarkable by them. you got to give K-State a lot of credit. Oh, by the way, uh, OU special teams sucks again. They give up another uh, big special teams play. They get a pump block. I don't understand why OU can't be good at special teams. It's a giant mystery to me. I just, there's no reason for them to not only not be good at special teams, but to be this bad at special teams. Seems like every time they're losing a big game, it's because of a big special teams play. And I, I don't understand that, but 
yeah, defensively, they were just so bad in the fourth quarter, so bad in the second half. Um, offensively, they couldn't move the ball, holding penalties seemingly every time they got some sort of a big play. And I will never for the life of me, I've been trying to figure it out all week long. It seems like everybody agrees with me. But the fact that Lincoln Riley punted on that fourth and eight late in the game with only one timeout is like still baffling mm. to me. Now, and the rebuttal is, well, they got the ball back. Well, they they wouldn't have got the ball back if Kansas State doesn't get a penalty on their next drive. And yeah, you got the ball back, but you got it back with 40 seconds left with no timeouts. Right. Deep in your own territory. Yeah, that's so, a tough spot to put your young quarterback in. Was OU still going to lose the game? I don't know, maybe. I mean, there was no indication that they were going to pick up that fourth and eight from like the previous four or five series that I saw in that game. But still, I think that that was 100% the wrong call by Lincoln Riley. I don't know if you saw that or not, but when they jogged the punt team out, I was like, no, 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 this is a, this is a joke. Hmm. There's no way that they're punting this. Yeah, so what do you think, man? I mean, look, I, I'm trying to warn people down here in Austin, like don't close the book on OU right now, right? They they do this seemingly every year. They lose a conference game that they're not supposed to lose. Now, usually it doesn't happen when they're a four-touchdown favorite, but they somehow lose a conference game every year, and then they find a way to right the ship and figure it out, and they go undefeated the rest of the way. They get to Arlington. They win the Big 12 championship. They make the college football playoff. So I'm trying to warn people Despite how bad they look this past weekend, don't close the book on OU just yet. But you're the OU insider. I mean, you cover the team for a living. What's your confidence level right now? And what do you think this fan base's confidence level is for this team to win the Big 12 for the sixth straight year? Which, by the way, it does seem like they are losing as a four-touchdown favorite every single year. That was OU's sixth loss as a 20-point favorite since the 2009 season. I stand no correct. Other team, no other team has lost more than three in that span. Wow, how about that? <laughs> how about that, man? That is shocking. Two I mean, times I, you've I, lost as a 20-point favorite since 2009. Yeah. I mean, I know they're they're favored in just about right. every Big 12 game. So I know like when they lose to Texas, they're favored. When they lost to K-State last year, they were obviously favored. I didn't realize it was that heavy of a favorite that often. So, okay, your question was... Are they going to ride the ship and get it turned around? I'm just like, what's what's right the ship and turn around? Like, make it back to the playoff, win the Big Twelve? Because I don't think that they're going back to the playoff. I, okay. I just, I don't think that's happening. I, I think that there's, I think there's another loss somewhere, and it might be in the next two weeks. I mean, and, and here's why: I just think that there's too many issues right now. Um, corner, see, corner and safety seem to be a, an issue again. Defensive line, kind of seems to be an issue like it and, it, and I, it all goes back to this if you can't block then forget about it you're going to lose another game you know somewhere down the road I mean, I mean they are struggling more than they have in quite some time and again like they've got some really tough games coming up at Iowa State Texas and Dallas then at TCU who TCU had some nice flashes last weekend and they'll be a pretty good team by the time OU faces them so yeah. I mean I'm definitely not closing the door on them winning the Big 12, I, they would probably still be my pick. So in that sense, yeah, I guess I think that they turn it around. But playoff, no, OU's not, OU's not making playoff this year. Dude, this conference is wide open, right? Last week we were having the conversation, who's the third best team in the league, right? It feels like Oklahoma and Texas are kind of on a pedestal right now. They're kind of in a league of their own. The conversation was, who's number three? And now the conversation is, who's number one? I mean, I'm with you. I would still pick Oklahoma as the favorite, but they obviously didn't look good on Saturday. Texas, who I think most folks pegged as number two after the way they looked against UTEP, 
They didn't look good on Saturday, right? Trailing by 15 with less than three minutes ago, they needed a miracle comeback and some Texas Tech choking to find a win in Lubbock. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know who the best team in this league right now is. Oklahoma State looked pretty good. They took care of business against West Virginia. I don't think West Virginia is very good, and but I'll give Oklahoma State some credit right with the backup quarterback. They found a way to get uh, to get a win, a defensive touchdown in that game for the Cowboys too. So they look pretty decent right now. Give Baylor some love. The first time we saw them this year, they took care of business, but they were playing Kansas. So I don't think anybody's ready to make some judgments about the Baylor Bears under Dave Aranda. So yeah, I mean, this league, we felt that it was wide open, pretty wide open going in. And now after just one week of conference games, we feel like this thing is uh, completely up for grabs. Which, by the way, I mean, most, if not all, Big 12 power polls this week will have Texas at number one. And it sounds like you're going to agree. Like, yeah, they won the game, but <laughs> it was by a damn miracle. And, and Texas is in the same spot. If Tech doesn't pooch punt it up 15, if they can recover an onside kick, I mean, Texas isn't far off from being in the same exact position that OU's in this week. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's a ton to work on. And look, the coaches and the players, they echo those sentiments after the game. They have been talking about it all week long. Uh, they are not satisfied with their performance in Lubbock, and rightfully so. Now, it's much better to fix issues after a win than after a loss, right? True. And ultimately, yeah. this team's goal is to get to Arlington and to win the Big 12 championship. In terms of standings, in terms of achieving those goals, this seven-point overtime comfort behind win counts the same as beating somebody by 40. So style points, yeah, that's a big deal for the college football playoff, maybe. But in terms of getting to Arlington, uh, the big thing for Texas is they were able to find a win against Texas Tech. But, man, I mean, so many of the issues that this team has dealt with really for the last decade, but especially in 2019, uh, reared their ugly head this weekend. They, they couldn't tackle. They couldn't cover. The offense went stagnant at times. The offensive line struggled. I mean, you talk about Oklahoma's offensive line looking bad. Texas's offensive line couldn't handle a three-man rush from Texas Tech. That's a very scary proposition when you uh, think about some of the other defensive lines and defensive coaches in this league, right? If you can't bully Texas Tech up front, then how the hell are you going to bully Iowa State or TCU or Oklahoma? So, yeah, a lot of the same issues that the Longhorns dealt with last year that I think this fan base was hopeful and optimistic that they'd be gone this year, right? Seven new coaches, two new coordinators. They looked really good against UTEP, and I know UTEP sucks. They're one of the worst teams in FBS, but it looked like they had some of those things corrected and sure enough, those things are far from corrected. So now the question is, you know, does that happen all year long or can they write the ship, figure some things out before a, a pretty tough stretch for Texas as well? I mean, not as tough as Oklahoma coming up, but, you know, the Longhorns have TCU this Saturday. They've got Oklahoma next week, and then they've got Baylor after that. So not an easy stretch of games coming up for Texas. If they don't uh, figure some of those things out, they could drop a game or maybe two in that sequence. Hey, thanks to uh, everybody that's joining us on Twitch right now. We'd love for you to join us in the comments. Say OU sucks. Say Texas got lucky. Let us know your predictions this weekend, whatever you got. Spartan Barton, as always, is joining us here. That's right. Yes, OU thought that there were only uh, two quarters. I am convinced of that. Yes. Yeah. They thought they could show up and only play 30 minutes, Spartan Barton. I think you're exactly right about that. But his first comment, he said... And I'm just assuming that Spartan Barton is a guy. So sorry about that if I'm wrong. He said, things get crazy in Kinnick. Well, it's Jack Trice Stadium, actually, there, Spartan Barton. 
uh, Kinnick Stadium is Iowa. Thank yeah. God you didn't have to play Iowa this weekend. Dude. Yeah, well, thank God for Iowa State. They don't have to play Iowa this weekend. <laughs> it's been a huge problem. For That's them. what OU should do. OU should wear alternate uniforms of Iowa Hawkeyes, and they'll win like 14 to 9. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your other takeaways from last week before we turn the page and start to preview what's technically week five of the college football season as weird as that is because well some teams have only played one game to this point but other takeaways from last weekend we talked about Oklahoma we talked about Texas look give Texas Tech some credit uh, they fought their tails off and I know people are pissed about Matt Wells and their coaching performance and the way they let that game slip away that was a chance to be a program building win for Matt Wells and company, they didn't get it done. But uh, I think there's a lot to like about him, and I think they're uh, moving things in the right direction in Lubbock. But what about the other three games, right? Baylor all over Kansas, 47-14. to 14. Oklahoma State taking care of West Virginia. That game was interesting for a while. Yeah. Uh, the Pokes needed a dagger touchdown in the final minute to, uh, to cover the spread and to win that one relatively comfortably. Also, the biggest one, I think the biggest game that uh, a lot of people were looking at maybe outside of uh, Norman and Austin, was that Iowa State TCU game. The Cyclones hold on for a 37-34 to victory. They bounce back after their disappointing and embarrassing loss to Louisiana. They get a win. So what are your other takeaways, maybe from that game or also just the opening week of – Well, uh, and, and I, I've been duped into this before, but I think Oklahoma State's defense is pretty good. To Big 12 standards, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, without – Spencer Sanders really for what, like 95% of their season now, they've really carried that team to two wins. I mean, it's not crazy to think that if OSU's defense isn't to the level that it is now, they could be 0-2, you know, and sitting in a totally different space. But their defense has played really well, and it's the reason why they are 2-0 right now, man. Yeah, I mean, 10 returning starters on that group from last year, and I think, what, 14 of their top 15 tacklers are back from a season ago. Now, Look, returning talent, returning experience is always great, but if the guys aren't very good, then I'm not sure it matters that much. And I think that was the question for Oklahoma State, right? I mean, that defense just wasn't very good last year. So, yeah, it's cool you get everybody back, but how good are those guys? So far, they've been great. Only 20 points allowed in two games. And they're obviously going to go up against some better offenses later in conference play, but it's hard to ask for much more. 20 points allowed. They forced a few turnovers. Uh, They've got a scoop and score. They had that on Saturday against West Virginia. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Spencer Sanders. Uh, Everybody thought the offense would be the focal point and the strength of that OSU team. Right now it's been the defense. So if they get Sanders back and that offense can get close to what they were doing last year and, hell, maybe take a step from where they were last year, then Oklahoma State is is a definite threat, and and you see why people picked them to finish second in this conference this year. By the way, I mean, football season's really heating up. SEC was back last weekend, which was great. God, I – I bet you wish you played LSU this year. Oh, after, man. Uh, I mean, I was saying that. We were talking about it on this show. I was saying that all offseason long. And, of course, some Texas fans and definitely LSU fans, right? There's a lot of LSU fans in Austin. There's a lot of LSU fans everywhere. Hell, especially when they're good. Uh, they just come out of the woods. But I was telling people, man, like, I wanted that game to happen so bad because I felt good about Texas's chances to go into Death Valley and steal a game. And that was before they had a million players opt out with COVID, right? I mean, they lost 14 guys to the NFL draft. So just on that alone, uh, plus half their coaching staff is gone. I felt like Texas had a really, really good chance to go steal a victory in Death Valley. And especially with all that they've lost, I mean, yeah, they're going to struggle this year. There's no doubt about it. There's a ton to overcome, and I know it's one game, but Miles Brennan did uh, did not look ready for the limelight 
for LSU. And give Mike Leach credit. Us Big 12 fans know all about that dude, all about his air raid offense. Uh, it took LSU by storm over 600 passing yards for KJ Costello. Uh, hello, I wonder what his preseason Heisman odds were, and I wonder what they are now after one week. That was a, a pretty spectacular performance and an eye opener for LSU. Yeah, 247 Sports had their bowl projections out like way too early, but they had OU and Mississippi State in the Cotton Bowl. I'm like, oh boy, that would wow. be. Uh, about a on, uh, 58 to 65 game right there, baby. Come on, man. Uh, Mississippi State is not there just yet. Oh, I know. Uh, I agree. I agree. That, it's would, like, be, that would be hilarious if that did yeah. happen. Yeah, I did What's see looking at bowl projections, right? I mean, Oklahoma, who I think was a pretty popular playoff pick for the national pundits, I think for you and I as well, uh, they've uh, they've fallen out of favor with uh, the experts, and they're, they're, they're dropped down to New Year's Six at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, football is in full swing right now. High school, college, NFL. So go check out LandryFootball.com. I'm guessing if you're watching this podcast, you love football just like we do. Well, Chris Landry loves football all the more of us combined watching this right now, and that includes me and BK. So go check out LandryFootball.com for all the news, analysis, uh, just everything. LandryFootball.com has everything. I'm trying to type out a text to send him right now a question for the show. What do you think about this question? Question for the show, Chris, is OU's offensive line, is it fixable in the next two weeks? Is that is that okay, you think? Yeah. I mean, I, the answer for me is yes, right? I'm going to put more stock into what I've seen from Billy B and Oklahoma's offensive lines over the years than I will in just one week. I know they got worked on Saturday, uh, and I know they don't have all the studs that they've had in the past, but – Man, they've got some dudes up front, a lot of experience up front. I think those guys will be able to right the ship over the course of the season. But, yeah, that was, uh, no question, a strange sight to see this past weekend. Yeah, well, I just fired off that uh, text to uh, Chris Landry, so hopefully he gets back to us soon. Uh, Boy, I guess we can start looking ahead to this weekend, and TCU in Texas gets the 11 a.m. slots. TCU beating Texas five out of the last six years. Wow. Gary Patterson has kind of had the horns number. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking for whatever reason, that this is a dangerous spot for, for UT. Do you, do you agree? Cause I think offensively TCU did some nice stuff last week. Yeah, I definitely agree. And TCU looked really good once they put Max Duggan into the game. Right. And now that was a tough spot for Gary Patterson, right? How to handle Max Duggan because a couple of months ago we find out about this heart condition And we think not only is Max Duggan's 2020 over, but we think his football career is over. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, we find out that he's back at practice. And then the week leading up to the Iowa State game, we find out that he's going to be good to go. and He's going to be an option for TCU. Uh, I mean, they had been planning for Matthew Downing to start because of the Duggan news. So Matthew Downing got the start and he played decent. I mean, TCU was moving the ball. They were picking up yards. They just couldn't score thought Downing was holding on to the ball a little bit too long. I think took four sacks in the first half of that game. But once Max Duggan got inserted into the lineup, TCU turned things on offensively, right? Uh, They only scored seven points in the first half. They scored 27 in the second half. And that was a big topic of conversation this offseason, right? When we thought Max Duggan was going to play, can he take that step? Can he play consistently well for 12 games or I guess 10 games now this year? And he looked pretty damn good in the second half against a good Iowa State defense. So 
yeah, I think TCU definitely presents some problems. I think their offensive line is pretty bad, though. They gave up seven sacks. They only ran the ball for 99 total yards against Iowa State on 40 carries, so they were having issues uh, moving Iowa State up front. So I think on paper that's a pretty big advantage for Texas, their defensive line going up against TCU's offensive line. But, yeah, I'm definitely nervous about this game. Uh, TCU, you mentioned it, 5-1 and one in their last six games against Texas. I think Gary Patterson is 6-2 and two against the Longhorns since joining the Big 12. He loves beating Texas. He's not shy about that. And He's had uh, the Longhorns number to this point. So, yeah, I, I was shocked to see the opening line be at 13 points. It's already yeah. been bought down to about 11, 11 and a half. So the early money's coming in on TCU. I, I still think I would take TCU plus the points in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if the Horn Frogs came in here and won this game outright. Yeah, I just, just because, again, Texas won and they're 2-0, and oh, but – they were very close to getting beat by a team that got beat, almost got beat by Houston Baptist. I know it doesn't always work like that, but yeah. it, it looks bad when you were down 15 to a team that maybe should have gotten beat by Houston Baptist. So is is Texas fixed? We'll, we'll, we'll see, but Max Duggan's going to have to play. He's going to have to have a very similar performance to what he did last week, I think, for TCU to hang in this game because I'm starting to think Texas's offense is – pretty dadgum good and they're going to put up a lot of points this year yeah I mean they they struggled though at times uh, you see they put up 63 points in Lubbock and you're thinking the offense was firing at will but that was not the case they didn't crack 500 total yards of offense and got really for a long stretch in the third quarter quarter and into the fourth they couldn't get anything going against Texas Tech's defense they gave yeah. up 600 yards of offense to Houston Baptist so I'm with you I mean the offense is the strength of this football team Sam Ellinger might be the best player in the conference but the receivers are a question the offensive line which I'll admit I was wrong I think everybody was wrong about this group we figured that unit had the chance to be the best offensive line in a decade and a half here in Austin uh, they were getting pushed around by Texas Tech and Tech was able to get a couple of sacks by only bringing three uh, this past weekend. So the twisting and the stunting, uh, that was a huge issue for this Texas offensive line last year. Uh, we were hoping that would be resolved this offseason. That has not been the case, right? Texas Tech was able to get pressure with only three when they were implementing twists and stunts up front. So there's some questions with this offense, there's no doubt. And then on the defensive side of the football, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, Texas can't tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, they missed – it depends on who you ask, right? Uh, some people say 14. Some people say 19. I would say closer to like 50 missed tackles. <laughs> it felt like Texas had against Texas Tech this past weekend. So that's an issue. And, uh, uh, you know, a thing that's been an issue for Tom Herman since he got to Austin, his defenses have struggled with dual-threat quarterbacks. Alan Bowman is not one of those, right? He's got a great arm, but he's not much of a threat to pick up yards with his feet. Max Duggan is. And yeah. he did that against Texas last year, and I think that uh, could be a problem for Texas this weekend, especially if they don't get their tackling problems figured out. Um, you tweeted out something interesting. I think it was on Saturday night, maybe. maybe it, it may have been after the OU game, but it's so true. It's, you know, with Sam Ellinger back this year, Texas needed to at least be in the Big 12 championship game, but this is definitely their window this year to win the conference. And now with Oklahoma looking that – the way that it is, and I think even up to this point, Oklahoma State's been a little bit of a disappointment. They're not the team maybe we thought that they were going to be, even though they're 2-0. and Like, yeah, if not this year for Texas, then win, because it looks as golden for them to win the conference as it has 
God, probably since Colt McCoy was on campus back in 2009, man. Yeah, no, definitely, right? I mean, you feel like Texas might have its most talented roster since 2009. They definitely have their best quarterback since Colt McCoy left campus. And you also feel like the conference is more open than it's been in a while. It's obvious Oklahoma's got some issues. Uh, I don't think Oklahoma State is unbeatable by any stretch. I don't think any team in this league is unbeatable by any stretch. And you figured going into the year that Texas – now, it's going to be favored in just about every game in league play. Maybe not the Oklahoma game, probably not the Oklahoma game, maybe not Oklahoma State, but you know, outside of that, Texas should take care of business in every league game. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like this is the Longhorns' best chance to win this conference in more than a decade, but it's crazy. Right? I mean, think about Texas. They're a blue blood program in college football. They've only won this conference three times, Tyler. I know. It's great, dude. It's great. Trust me. I know. I, know. I, trust me. I have up here. Yeah. How many times Texas has won the Big 12? I mean, it's 96, right? The first year of this league, and then 05 and 09. So it, it, it really takes, I mean, 96, a little bit of an anomaly. And Texas pulled off a, a pretty stunning upset in the Big 12 title game against Nebraska that year. But 05 and 09, those were national championship teams for Texas. Like, it, it takes, it seemingly takes a really, really good quarterback, yeah. number one, like VY or Colt McCoy, and a really, really good team to have a chance to win the Big 12. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone's arguing that Texas is as good roster-wise as 05 or 09. I don't think anyone thinks Sam Ellinger is as good as either of those two quarterbacks. But you felt like the window was definitely there for the Longhorns. You still feel that way. But, man, I don't care how bad this league is. If they play like they did against Texas Tech this past weekend, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I agree with that. And I know that this doesn't have to do with Texas kind of needing to win the Big 12 this year, but this conference is going to be an absolute S show every single week. You yeah. know, like whatever your Big 12 power poll was last week, it looks totally different this week. And whatever you have this week is going to look totally different than next week. It's just going to be all over the place as the year goes on. Spartan Barton's got a, uh, he's got a comment there at the bottom about Will Muschamp. Oh, no. Coach oh, no. What Big 12 team should take Co Coach Muschamp as a D coordinator after he gets fired from South Carolina? Hey, <laughs> get rid of Chris Ash. He's already gave up a ton of points to Tech. Bring Coach Boom back to – Oh, uh, man. Bring him back. No. Which, way, did you see what he did on Saturday? Uh, no. Or, last week? Okay, let me uh, – I don't know if this is going to play well right here. You, this could be terrible audio. It probably is. Okay. Now – this was supposed to be like one of those in-stadium videos at South Carolina, and this was one of the outtakes that got made public. So I'm going to play this. I don't know. Could you hear that at all? I heard the F-bomb. <laughs> yeah. No way. They played that at their stadium? No, they didn't play it at their stadium. Oh, okay. They were filming the videos for the stadium, and he said, it's time for Carolina football. Get the blank out of your seats spurs up and that awesome. video was leaked and yeah now everybody's going crazy about it oh, asked about, it as press conference mad about that people are mad about that are they what do they think will muschamp's the only college coach that cusses <laughs> they should play it in the stadium because everybody would go nuts over sure, that. that would be awesome that would get the crowd at williams get a two-year extension they've ever been hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah i don't know that's uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with coach boom it could be a long year for south carolina they've got a tough schedule they always do it feels like the cox have like the toughest schedule in the country every year because they play in the sec and they play clemson every season yeah. so yeah. that's uh that makes life pretty tough for uh for the fake usc head coach 
Yeah, well, I, I teased this on Twitter, by the way, um, and we can come back and hit Texas TCU for sure because that's a big game. I asked, is this the biggest, is this the biggest game of the Lincoln Riley coaching tenure? And it's not from a sense of, I mean, it's just not okay. But if they lose, I really feel like this season could just absolutely unravel. We're just such a young football team with the interesting year that it is. I, I really worry about this team's psyche if they go up and lose back-to-back games in the regular season for the first time since 1999. Think about that. In this new millennium, wow. OU has not lost back-to-back regular season games. That's what's at stake on Saturday at Iowa State. So I just saw a team that didn't respond on Saturday and did not respond well to adversity. And if they face adversity again on Saturday, hint, they're going to at Iowa State, and they don't respond from it again and lose, boy, where is this team at mentally heading into the biggest game of the year at Texas? This is – it's not the biggest game of Lincoln Riley's tenure, but it's pretty dadgum close just for what's at stake for this season, man. Did Oklahoma have a player opt out this week? Am I making that up? Um, you may know something that I don't know just yet. Okay. No, it was a couple of days ago. So you would definitely know it was a, it was a player on a program that lost that like suffered an upset this past weekend. I should know this before bringing something like that up, but a player opted out like right after the game. I couldn't remember for some reason. That's I thought kinda, that was no that's you. That's kind of ballers just to be like Cartman. Screw you guys. I'm going home. And I'm done. What he did, man. Is that the conversation up there though? Like, are people talking like this is maybe you know maybe just keep it to regular season, right? Because obviously the playoff games, there's way more at stake, and everyone's going to judge Lincoln Riley based off whether or not he can lead Oklahoma to a playoff win and to a national championship. But in terms of regular season games, maybe Sands Texas regular season games. You think this is uh, number one in, in year four for Lincoln? I think probably what you're thinking about, by the way, is there's like rumors out there that Jalen Redmond might opt back in. Oh, okay. And he was asked, Lincoln was asked about that at the press conference, and he was like, honestly, I have no idea, and I have not heard anything about that. So, which Lincoln's not going to tell you right. one way or the other at the press conference. But I just, you, you know what it is? It's like if he wins this game, and this is total hindsight, but if he wins this game, it's not the biggest game of his coaching career. If he loses it, I mean, that opinion kind of changes. You know, I just, there's just so much for the, the psyche of this team moving forward. They still want to win the Big 12. Um, yeah, you need to go up there. To, you, you need to go up to Ames and win this weekend yeah. for sure. So the answer's no, but it's, it's, it's towards the top of the list. I, I think it really is. What's your confidence level in this game? I mean, give Iowa State credit, right? After their uh, abysmal performance week one against Louisiana, they button some things up. They go into Fort Worth, and they find a win against TCU. They look pretty good in that game. Brock Purdy, nice bounce pack performance by him. Seven sacks for the Iowa State defense. They had a couple of huge plays, too. I think four plays of more than 30 yards, including two long touchdown runs. Uh, one by Brees Hall, I think, is really, really good. And then the other by Kene and Wangu, uh, his one carry. How about that? So Brees Hall, the play before, I went back and watched this game on Tuesday night, sort of scouting for TCU, right? Because that's who Texas plays this week. And Brees Hall had a nice run, but he was tired. So he taps his head and, and Wangu comes in and then he gets one carry for the entire game and he goes for a 49-yard touchdown. That's a nice, nice day's worth of work right there for the fifth-year senior. So, yeah, Iowa State – 
they, they bounced back. They looked much better offensively, uh, and, and their defense, once again, was able to get pressure all day long. So I know they've given Oklahoma some fits in years past, right? That game in Norman a season ago was decided by a two-point conversion in the final minutes. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State obviously pulled off the huge upset back in 2017. The line for that game is seven. What's your feel for OU and ISU? So at the beginning of the week, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is the coin flip of all coin flips because I have no idea how OU is going to respond. But as the week has gone on and I've calmed down a little bit, I am starting to get more and more confident about this game. And here's two reasons why. Both of them might suck, but I know one of them at least potentially sucks. One, the one that I don't think sucks, is, dude, every time I see Iowa State in a big game, they totally crap the bed. This is 6.30 on ABC. This is the primetime window. God, maybe the most primetime window any Big 12 team is going to get all year long. It's a big game. They are right back in the thick of the Big 12 hunt. They are like in the, they're one of the top three teams in like a power pole. If you do like, there's so much at stake for Iowa State to say week one was a fluke. We've bounced back and we're a contender for the Big 12 championship game. Like in those spots right there, that's where Iowa State has played its smallest. So I can't, I can't get that out of my mind that when the games are biggest, Iowa State folds for whatever reason, even though I think that they're pretty well coached. Reason number two is OU's been here, and I mean, they've been here before. They, they, they know this program knows how to bounce back from a loss. Again, they haven't lost back-to-back regular, regular season games since Bob Stoops' first year in 1999. Now, why that could be a crap thing is because I feel like I'm giving this team credit that it hasn't earned yet. Like I, I'm just assuming that this team is going to bounce back because the teams before it have bounced back. And yeah. that's not necessarily how it works out. So I guess my, my best case is I do think that they'll play better. They'll be more focused, but is Iowa state going to poop the bed again in a big game like this? I think it's very likely. Yeah, that's a good question, right? That's been the issue for Iowa State. Now, the good news for the Cyclones is they're on to October. That win against TCU was Matt Campbell's first win over a Power 5 team in the month of September in his career. Jeez. That's pretty remarkable that it took him that long. Considering how good he's been at ISU, too, uh, it was remarkable that it took him that long to get that September win. But, yeah, I think Oklahoma's going to bounce back, and I think a lot of it has to do with what you were talking about, right? I am giving them the benefit of the doubt because – of previous teams. Now they've got a lot of talent back from last year's team. Obviously they're replacing a few pieces and look, Spencer Rattler did some great things against K-State on Saturday, but I hate to go total dad joke here and total low, low hanging fruit, but he looked rattled on Saturday in the fourth quarter, right? I'm sure you haven't heard that one before. Nice. But yeah, he, he definitely did. And a lot of that had to do with the offensive line, right? He wasn't getting a whole lot of help, but he did not look like the same quarterback when things got tough and tight as he did for the first six to seven quarters of the year. So that's the question, right? I mean, normally this would be a hostile environment at Jack Trice. He doesn't have to deal with that. So that's advantage Oklahoma for sure. But if this game is tough and tight down the stretch, can he make those winning plays so far in his career, which has only really been two games, he's 0-1 in those types of situations. So if this was year one for Lincoln Riley, then I'd say, ah, maybe, maybe go Iowa state here, but we've not only seen it enough from Oklahoma, we've seen it enough from Lincoln Riley teams to where, I think the Sooners will bounce back and uh, and find a win two days from now. Hey, by the way, if you're joining us in the comment section, going to be around for about another 15 minutes talking Big 12 football, so drop us a comment. 
Uh, drop us a question, whatever you got. And in the meantime, before Saturday, go check out LandryFootball.com, high school, college, NFL. They've got you all covered there. So we're both going OU. That's where we're going. I'm going to yep. pick OU like – let's roll with like 30 – oh, God, 34-30. How's that sound? Okay. So Iowa State covers the seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, okay. They, they've just played them so close recently. Yeah. I mean, I just – yeah, I yeah. Give me a four point win by OU. That's, okay. where, that's where I'm sticking. I'll go 38-28 sooner. Ooh, a cover. I'll take mm-hmm. that for sure. I'll Alex Rins will take that for sure. Hell, does OU create a turnover? That's oh. really the, that's really the story. Yeah, that's a great question, right? Uh, do they have any? Uh, they got one against Missouri State, right? Yeah. Yeah. In week one, which you know, like you don't want to nitpick and gripe about a forty-eight to nothing win in week one, but that was sort of the biggest nitpick I think we had like, okay, Alex Grinch is all about takeaways. We didn't see that last year, even though the Oklahoma defense was obviously better in 2019 than they were in 2018. But yeah, you figured, all right, that would be your, your takeaway game. That would be your turnover game. And also K state with all that they have missing, you figured, all right, that would be a good opportunity to get some takeaways as well. It has not happened yet in the Alex Grinch era in Norman. So we'll see. I mean, Brock Purdy, God, he had the worst, one of the worst turnovers oh, I've ever seen in my entire that life. Bad. That was, was so technically bad. Technically, not an interception, right? He technically uh, had no picks in that game uh, against TCU, but it was a backward, backward pitch when he was being wrapped up and taken down for a sack. He just completely chunked it up ten yards to his left, and it went right to a TCU defender who had a walk-in touchdown. So maybe uh, Brock Purdy will gift you one. He has not looked the same. I know he looked much better last week than he did in Week One, but I think he's had a little bit of a disappointing start to the season. So. Unless he looks more like 2019 Brock Purdy, then uh, Iowa State's going to be in trouble on Saturday. One final thing about this game: another good, re- another reason you should feel good about OU winning is, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, OU has a 69 percent chance ah, of beating Iowa State. Very nice this game. Very nice. Take that into consideration when you're making your picks this weekend. Oh, I feel great about my OU pick now. <laughs> I didn't before, but now it's a lock, man. It's a lock. Put it in Sharpie. <sighs> I uh, I told I told you earlier I was like man I think the Big Twelve is just going to be probably like the Pac twelve has been forever just when you think you have this conference peg someone's gonna you know kind of show their ass one week and get beat beat by a team that they're not supposed to I I think that that's happening in Manhattan Kansas this week I I think that Kansas State gets a great win over Oklahoma their first road win against a top three team ever and they're going to turn around and lose to Tech at home. Like, I just – like, that right there is what I think we see in the league this year. That'd be very 2020 right there. And, look, Vegas seems to agree with you. I mean, Kansas State's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I am shocked by that line. Now, I know K-State is still banged up. They're still incredibly shorthanded. And, yeah, they're coming off a very emotional high after their win against Oklahoma. So, sometimes it's tough to get that hyped up uh, emotionally – on a game like this against an inferior opponent after taking on Oklahoma. But I think Kansas State's going to win this football game, man. I mean, I know Texas Tech played Texas incredibly close, and they let one slip away. They should have had that win in Lubbock. But I do think K-State's going to uh, find a win, and I don't think it's going to be as close as Vegas does. But that'll be a fun one to watch, right? That definitely will be a fun one to watch. And I know Oklahoma fans are probably going to be watching that one closely, right? Because that'll make that loss sting even more if Texas Tech goes into Manhattan and knocks off the Purple Cats. Yeah, uh, two just totally different styles. Uh, Kansas State, get ready to score. 
north of 38 points in this game because Tech just struggles defensively. But uh, Alan Bowman can sling it, man. I mean, I've just – I thought that since his freshman year. I'm like, this kid is just one of the more naturally talented guys that Tech has had. I mean, I'm not putting him – Patrick Mahomes is in a category by himself. And then you kind of talk about every, every other Tech quarterback. But I think, like, just natural arm talent. Alan Bowman's one of the better ones that they've had. He just hadn't been able to stay healthy. And boy, yeah. he's ripping it Saturday against Texas. Yeah, you know, he hasn't looked great in terms of deep passes this year uh, in both games, right? Against Houston Baptist or the game against Texas. His timing's just been off on those. He's got the arm strength to make those throws, but it hasn't quite been there. When Alan Bowman's at his best, it's when he's picking you apart with short and intermediate routes. And yeah. Texas's linebackers are not very good. So that's how Texas Tech started the game, right? Short and intermediate routes right over the middle of the field, picking on Jawan Mitchell and Marvion Overshone. And then Texas had to adjust. They dropped the safety into the box, and that set up some one-on-ones on the outside. And that's when TJ Vasher and Easy E, as they call him, Eric Izukama, that's when those guys started to do their thing. So that's a key for K-State, right? Can their linebackers cover in space? Because that's what Tech wants to do. They want to go short and intermediate routes, and they want to go quick. They want to go very fast. They want to go up-tempo. Uh, if Alan Bowman's able to get into a rhythm like he was against Texas at times on this past Saturday, then that could uh, spell trouble for K-State. One of the more interesting games in the conference this week, Baylor at West Virginia. What I think Baylor's a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in that game right there. And this is just a game that we just you, – you, you don't know. I'm, I'm with you. You said earlier you don't think West Virginia – it's still very good of a football team. I've had that opinion since the start of the year. Baylor looked good against Kansas, but we know that that means absolutely nothing. What do we expect from Baylor this weekend? I mean, this is a total, this is pretty much a total crapshoot game right here out in Morgantown. Yeah, I think you're going to need more than 153 passing yards from Charlie Brewer. Uh, he just didn't have to Did you get hurt, by the way, last Saturday? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't, uh, I was doing post game. When I was watching this game and I turned it off and I went back and rewatched it because that's what I do with Kansas football for some reason. But he was in there for the vast majority of snaps. I know Bohannon got a a snap, a couple of snaps towards the end of the game, but that was when it was already in hand. So I think Brewer was healthy for the most part on Saturday, but he just didn't have to do much. I mean, look, Kansas continued to shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers. Baylor had two special teams touchdowns, which definitely helped. Uh, so they're going to need more out of their offense. They just didn't have to do much this past weekend going on the road against a better West Virginia team. I don't think West Virginia is that good. They might be in terms of talent, like the ninth best team in the conference right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what does Baylor's offense look like under Larry Fedora? Can they get more out of their passing game? This would be a, a nice early season test for Dave Aranda and company. Yeah, uh, Spartan Martin likes Baylor by 14. I That wouldn't totally shock me. That wouldn't totally shock me. But if Baylor goes out to West Virginia and wins by 14, even though we don't think West Virginia is all that great, then I'll need to be like, all right, I need to reconsider Baylor as a top three team in this conference because I did not consider that going into the year, and I still think that that's a little bit of a stretch. But we'll at least need to have the conversation if Baylor starts off two and zero. I disagree with you on that one, man. I mean, I just I don't think Kansas is good. I don't think West Virginia is very good. So winning those two games doesn't do a whole lot for me. Now, if they win this game by like thirty or forty, then okay, maybe we'll have that conversation. But even a two touchdown win doesn't do that for me. Uh, call me when they play a good team, which will be two weeks from now. I think Baylor's got a bye next week. Then they'll host Oklahoma State. I know that's kind of unfair to do that to a team, but until they play a quality opponent, then I'm not going to put too much stock into anything that they yeah. do. I, I don't know. I just 
I don't <laughs> I'm I'm willing to discuss about six or seven teams for a top three team yeah. just because like again, even OSU is two and oh, but I haven't just been just blown away by them on the offensive side of the ball. So. Yeah, I guess that's more of a testament or more of a statement about this right. league, right, than about yeah. Baylor. You know, I, like I don't know if you, you're saying Baylor's going to be that good. In a, in a normal Big 12 year, uh, being third actually means something. But this year, I'm not sure it really does. Kansas OSU, Spencer Sanders could play. Thanks, Mike Gundy. Yeah, yeah. he could play. Uh, that's 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 real nice. I, I think that he probably does play at Kansas, and I think that they're going to roll KU, Oklahoma State. So not too much of a hot take there. I mean, they should roll Kansas regardless of if it's Spencer Sanders or if it's Shane Illingworth. And look, you don't want to take anybody for granted, right? I mean, as bad as Kansas is, they will generally take a victim in this conference every year. Uh, they did it with Texas Tech. They've done it with TCU. They've done it with West Virginia. Uh, hell, they played Texas close, and they beat Texas a few years ago. Like, right. as bad as they are, you're in and you're out. About that enough. I know. I know. As bad as they are, you're in and you're out. They always play a, a close game or two close games in this conference, and somehow, some way, they find a way to win. So if you're Mike Gundy, like, you don't, you don't want to just tell your team, oh, we're going to put the backup out there, we're going to be fine because Kansas is that bad. But Kansas – should be that bad to where Oklahoma State should be fine without Spencer Sanders if he can't go. So I wouldn't be surprised if Spencer Sanders does take another week off. By the way, Oklahoma State's off next week. So if it's Illingworth this Saturday, that would mean three Saturdays off for Spencer Sanders to heal up that ankle sprain. Then he'll be good to go, hopefully, for that game in Waco against Baylor two weeks from Saturday. So, yeah, if I'm Mike Gundy, you know, maybe trot Spencer Sanders out there if he's really close to 100%. But, man, if he's not – those ankle injuries tend to linger and those tend to be re-aggravated pretty easily. Uh, I'm probably uh, going with Illingworth again up in Lawrence. God, a week from the day, we're going to be breaking down like OU Texas coming up. Wow. It's crazy. I know. Which, are you going to be in Dallas for that game? I don't think so. Are you going down there? I, I'm going to be – I'm 98% sure I'll be at Texas Live for the game. Nice. Okay. So, That'll be fun. I didn't know if you are going to be down there. I was going to tell you to come by and uh, – Hang yeah, out or something like it's, that, uh, it's TBD. I mean, money money talks in our business, uh, especially during a pandemic. Money yeah, talks. Money so we might yeah. we might have some uh, watch party stuff going on here in Austin. But man, it's a huge bummer. Like I don't have one of those super crazy, ridiculous long streaks that some Texas and OU fans have. Oh, I've been to this game fifty four years in a row, man. I wouldn't miss it for my daughter. Do- my daughter got married, and I I went to the game instead. Uh, my wife was having a kid, and nope, sorry, I had to go to the Red River shootout. Like, there's people with crazy stories like that. Uh, I think my streak is at seven right now, so it would suck to lose that. But uh, you know, this is uh, this is just one of those years, I guess. I miss I've missed one since 2003, so I've got a nice little streak going on too, which looks like it's probably going to come to an end. But uh, hey. Whatever, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It sucks. Yeah, Texas Live's not a bad little spot, though. So no, no, and you know, look, even even though they're only going to have what twenty five percent of the Cotton Bowl filled up, you know, there's going to be a ton of burnt orange and a ton of crimson and cream all around the Metroplex, right? I mean, obviously, there's a ton of fans of both teams who already live in DFW as it is, but uh, there are going to be some folks like you coming down from Norman and some folks coming up from Austin too, just to be somewhere close to Texas OU. Uh, we got to get out of here in a few minutes because chop chop, Atlanta Braves are trying to win their first there playoff you go. since 2001. All right, Ooh. it's been 19 years, so let's go. Let's get it done today, please. 
No but uh, you got the you last know, word. You know it's going to a game three. Like, even if the Braves do I fight, do, you know they're not going to make it easy on y'all. And it's going to the ninth inning. It's going to extra innings of game three. Trust me. Yeah. I, I know how this works. Just hope you don't give up 10 in the, in the dude. Okay. okay. That, oh, dear. <laughs> Thanks. Come on, man. Mike Fulton Evans. Appreciate you. Dude, I'm, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a Rangers fan. So, like, I got to watch. I'm going to have to watch a World Series played in uh, in my favorite team's ballpark without my favorite team in it. That's that's going to sting a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, you get the last word. What are you looking for this weekend? Any major developing storylines in the conference? Uh, I mean, obviously, the the big games this weekend, right? Texas TCU, I think that's going to be a lot closer than Vegas does. How do the Longhorns bounce back? How do the Sooners bounce back? Uh, I think those are your two most intriguing games, right? I hate to I hate to do that. Uh, I know there's closer lines, right? Baylor, West Virginia is a three-point line. Texas Tech, K-State is a two-and-a-half-point line. But, look, the, the big brands in this conference are looking for bounce-back performances. So how do the Longhorns fare against the Purple Kryptonite, right? A TCU team that's given them some trouble. And how does Oklahoma fare against Iowa State? That should be a very, very entertaining game. So uh, it'll be fun, man. Five games, all 10 teams in action, which that's the last time we're going to see that for a while, right? Because then you're starting to see bye weeks in this league really take shape. So uh, all five ga- all five games, all 10 teams in action, it should be a fun Saturday. Uh, hey, thanks for all the comments, Spartan Martin. Your Gators look good last weekend against Ole Miss. So yeah. nice job on that win. God, that offense looked really good, Kyle Trask. So, uh, yeah, hey, we're back Monday at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and we're going to wrap up another Big 12 weekend that I'm sure is going to be wild. Someone is probably going to lose that's not supposed to. Maybe that's Oklahoma, Texas. Hell, maybe it's Oklahoma State at Kansas this weekend. But regardless of what happens, we'll break it all down Monday right here on Twitch at 10 a.m. Central Time. For Brad Kellner in Austin, I'm Tyler McComas and Norman. Talk to you next week. It's in defense of the Big 12 on the LandryFootball.com podcast network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.